Welcome back to the Act Two Podcast, a podcast for the real life working screenwriter. I'm Tasha Hugh. And I am Josh Hallman. All right, since you've probably listened to our last episode <laughs> and are wondering what holiday gift to give Tasha and Joshua, I would think it's to subscribe to the podcast. I'm in. I'm totally in for that cause. <laughs> Uh, we have some really cool stuff coming up, and I'm not just saying that. We're interviewing screenwriter Mickey Fisher soon, which is going to be really exciting. If you don't know who he is, he has a really incredible break-in story that I remember from when I was an assistant. I was just marveling at how yeah. it all happened. It's really cool. We're also going to break down the greatest Die Hard movie of all time. We're also going to be talking about Christmas movies and why they work. So mm. that's it's all going to be fun. Subscribe so you don't miss out. If you'd rather DM us with questions, topics, suggestions, you want to suggest a movie we should break down, you can reach out to us at act2writers at gmail.com or on our Instagram or Twitter at act2writers. I'm also on both those places, on Instagram at Story Thursday and Twitter at Tasha 3.0. And I'm on Twitter as Joshua Hallman and Instagram, Josh Hallman. You know what I'm going to do this holiday season, Tasha? What? In our, when we talk about holiday movies, I'm just going to, here's a spoiler alert. I'm going to defend the new Home Alone. Like, which fucking one? I just saw a new trailer for one with a really cute kid, but is that, I, that one? Yeah, that's out. It came out. Okay. It, okay, it wasn't, people didn't have great things to say about it. After two, I just stopped. I couldn't. I couldn't take it. It was ruining something so precious to me. Yeah. But I'm yeah. in. I'm in for that defense. Should I watch it? Then is, are we going to break down this movie? What's going to happen? No, no, no. I just, I just, you know, sometimes there's movies that people don't respond to as positively as maybe other movies, and um, I, I feel like I'm going to give this new Home Alone. Uh, some new life all right i'm here for that the underdog story big time all right i'm actually uh, to be honest i'm excited for our year-end push like i feel like you know when you get a little loopy it's like the end of the night yeah. like that's where i feel like we are with the podcast where <laughs> we're, we're just like, like fuck it we'll just do whatever we want <laughs> let's go everyone's you can just feel the new year's coming santa's coming the air yeah. is changing everything is just we're fucking great yeah i'm excited all right, so we have a day today. Indeed. We're doing this making writing episode. Yeah. Because I feel like a lot's happened. And um, I, I don't know who's going first. I feel like yeah. I want you to go first. I'll go first. But, you know, yeah, we're coming off of, like, Thanksgiving. Like, let's just be real. There's not, there wasn't a lot going on that. Uh, a lot of cooking, like, eating. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, family squabbles. <laughs> yeah. Let's. <laughs> Okay, so you want me to start first? <laughs> yeah, go. So, Tasha, I had a lengthy conversation with a lawyer who turned into an ad man. Then he went to this marketing firm, and he worked with some very high-level people. They've been responsible for many jingles that you would be oh. familiar with. I started to talk to him about this. <clears throat> I promise you this is all going to connect. I'm and excited. I started to talk I started to talk to him about this um about jingles and being a lawyer and how he made the transition and basically he was like you know uh, uh, this is no surprise but like a really popular jingle in the ad world that can like change a company. So I started we started to talk about the art of persuasion and how to Ew. change people's minds and and he was talking about when he was a lawyer 
it was his job basically to tell juries what they thought. And oh when he had uh, a plaintiff, it was like, if you can like the plaintiff, you're going to then subconsciously start believing that this very likable person can't do anything wrong. Mm -hmm. And this made me think of <laughs> pitching. Like I, yeah. I started to think of the entertainment world because he was saying that his world overlaps with the entertainment world. And he was like, this is all kind of connected and how you carry yourself in the entertainment world. And when you have a manager, when you have an agent and when you have general meetings and you have to be very aware of how you're presenting yourself, I think, because mm -hmm. you're already kind of subconsciously creating a story for somebody else. If mm -hmm. you're like an asshole, people are going to think you're, or if you come off a certain way, and that's really hard to do to like, you know, try to act a certain way. But yeah, it, 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 that's a weird this week in writing, but I couldn't help because I was thinking how to apply it in pitching. Like, yeah, that's interesting. I, I've actually been thinking about a similar thing this week and thinking about the process of hiring writers. And when you are hiring writers for a writer's room, just like how precious you want that to be. Same with writer's groups, right? Like we are very careful about who we let into our writer's group because you don't want someone to like sour the pudding. Yeah. I have no idea if that's the right phrase. Absolutely <laughs> is. And I, that's the same thing sort of magnified for writer's rooms because everyone is going to be a stranger most likely and that's so hard to gauge in a one hour general or more likely a 30 minute general mm -hmm. if a person's going to sour the pudding or not because they're probably putting on their best face yeah and you may hire this person based off that 30 to 60 minute general and then they're like an egomaniac or there's raging jealousy that goes on or they're trying to sabotage other writers. There could be like, and you just don't know. And I guess I'm flipping the script a bit and looking at it from the other perspective of um, someone who's like a victim <laughs> of putting on the mask. <laughs> oh, I actually have a question for you. You don't yeah. even have to answer or you can lie. Uh, do, do you, when you're hiring writers, do you look at their social media? No, I should. Oh, okay. That's smart. Cause this, this was another thing that got like got me thinking about this. So it was like, you know, if like could you imagine going on someone's social media and like they're, you know, like kicking cats or something like that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But they're super genuine and nice in your general. <laughs> like, wait a second. This is, these two things don't go together. No, that's really smart. It's funny guys, when I was dating, I feel like my friends would always be like, oh, did you look them up? And I'd be like, no, is that a, th should I be doing? <laughs> like, Tasha, that's, that's step one. That's Google literally <laughs> the first thing people do. If you tell me about anyone, you could just casually be like, oh, I met, uh, you know, uh, Mark Bryant. I'd be like, what's his social media? Let me find him. <laughs> yeah, that might, that might be a, a really great step I should start engaging in. Hmm. Anyway, it's just something to think about. I like, I think if you're a writer, well, obviously, you're probably a writer listening to this, but you, you just have to remember how you present yourself. Like you're always you're always influencing someone one way or the other. Mm -hmm. I, I think. Yeah, no, I th I think that's that's a big lesson that I had to eventually take to heart and like fully understand and wrap my mind around, which was you have to be someone people are excited to work with because at the end of the day, when when someone the person who's hiring writers is you know, faced with five to 10 writers for them to choose from, they're going to pick the person that seems like the person they want to work with for the next yeah. couple years. 
even if yeah, maybe course. your sample is not as good as someone else who's a bit colder in the room or just didn't really fit. So it, it is a huge and actually somewhat dovetails into my This Week in Writing, mm. which was a pitch that I did. Oh. And it's an actual This Week in Writing. It's an actual. <laughs> <laughs> this was a situation that had never come up for me before and I thought it's pretty interesting. So that's why I'm sharing it where I pitched on this property owned by a studio and I was told you're, you're probably not going to get this job because we're oh. only going to big writers with like huge quotes and your one produced credit, which is Tomb Raider is so recent, hasn't come out yet. Nobody knows if it's any good. Uh, it's unlikely that's going to be enough to make the studio trust you, wow. which if you remember, I think it was a couple episodes ago when we talked about submissions, we talked about this, like what the studio exec's perspective is on why they're afraid to hire you if you've never had a movie produced before. So this is one of those examples where that's happened to me, but I've worked with the producer before and have done really well with them on other projects. We actually sold something a, a couple years ago, so they kind of trusted me, but they did warn me up front, like, we love you, but the studio has no fucking clue who you are. But hey, if you like this property, like go ahead and take a swing. So I did, I liked the property. And I, I think the thing was, is when I read it, I could instantly see the movie. And I don't think that happens all the time. Like a lot of times you have to struggle to find the story you would tell in this space. And that wasn't the case for me. So I pitched to the producers, they loved it. I then pitched to the studio, they loved it. And we're all kind of like, my whole team is sort of expecting a call from business affairs at the studio to be like, hey, like let's hire Tasha and like get into this deal. But the call we got was very different. And that's why I'm bringing it up because again, oh. this had never happened to me before. Instead, one of the execs was friends with this big director. And they're like, let's have Tasha pitch to the director before we hire her. And if we can get this director attached to her pitch, then we'll have a ton of momentum and it's more likely to get made at our studio. Mm -hmm. So my agents got this call and they thought it was, you know, hey, they were gonna hire Tasha. Instead, it's, it's this. And they were like, uh, cool. Yeah, that's super cool. We definitely want Tasha to meet this director, but can you guarantee that you're going to hire her if he doesn't like it because if Whoa. he doesn't like it do, do they want my pitch or do they want the director like at this point you just don't know which is this kind of weird roller coaster because i thought i had the job now i don't now i have this extra step which i'm very excited about because i want to you know you always want to pitch in front of more people and a to hone your craft, B to just get FaceTime and, and meet new people. And that's where it dovetails into what you were talking about, which is putting on this face because, you know, you meet the director and your job is not only to pitch them a killer story that makes them want to bite, but to be like, oh yeah, I could see myself working with this person yeah. as my next movie for the next, you know, two to three years of my life. And that was a really hard thing for me to have to do because it was much a personality test as it was for anything else. And the process was also really interesting because the director happened to be like a very kind of muted personality. He was maybe mm -hmm. tired because he's been traveling or that's just him. Or he just didn't want to talk to you. Yeah. <laughs> or he did, yeah, or I was like, oh my <laughs> God, <laughs> he wants to be anywhere but here. <laughs> what do I do? <laughs> and so what I do when people are like that, which you may have noticed, Josh, is I like dial up the excitement. <laughs> like, ah, like I'm just like, my voice gets hard. <laughs> Which I don't know was the right move. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> oh, so so then what happened? Where are we well, at? Okay, so I pitched him. Oh. And at the places where these other people pitched, or like where these other people laughed in my pitch, 
this guy just kind of like just kind of smiled he's one of those guys who in his head he was like that was funny yes but he doesn't show it yes (laughs) and it was killing me because i was like usually i have my pitch script over everyone's faces so i don't have to deal with this but because it was so much about the art of persuasion and also like trying to sell my personality i sort of have it had it slightly right so i could see his face and it was killing me because he was he never laughed only smiled and then he did stop me at the break into three and he's like so I'm not taking any notes, and I don't want to forget to ask you these questions. Oh. And he proceeded to ask two questions, which were very insightful and very interesting. And then he's like, okay, I like it. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> so that was that was on a – it's basically been – like four days since I've heard from them. And then I just heard from the producer today that like, we're not going to have an answer for you for a couple of weeks. Hang in there. Mm. We're like, we're like trying to do our job, you know, our producerial job to sort of get all this working and normal me weeks, Jesus. weeks, weeks, like normal me would be, be kind of anxious about it, but I, I feel like I'm kind of just chilling and I'm yeah. kind of excited about that. Cause that fe- feels like a really huge step for me because I can, honestly say in this situation i'm just stoked to have gotten to pitch to a studio and to have pitched to an awesome director that i respect and people like the pitch and like that's kind of done like it's in their hands now and i just like have to let it go and that's a really nice place to be mentally wow that's awesome they know you now they may hate me but they know me (laughs) hey at least they feel one way or the other yes wow that's exciting yeah, so that's that. That was my roller coaster this week in writing, and kind of an interesting lesson and in where I am mentally. I just have a general question yeah. about this director. Yeah, because so there sounds like there's like comedy and humor in this in yeah. the script. Do we trust this guy who didn't <laughs> smile or didn't <laughs> laugh? <laughs> Maybe we trust him more. Oh shit. Yeah. You know audience. he's going to, yeah. Okay, I like that. All right, moving on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I was doing some writing. I have been writing this kind of ambliny type horror thing, adventure thing, and I've been working on it for the last week or two. Had to get it to a producer, and I was working on it, working on it, working on it. Then I finished, and I had to then mm-hmm. go to a different project which is a action movie, thriller. Mm-hmm. And I made like the transition just like from like on one day I was working on that and then I went over to the next thing and I sat down at my computer and it was like I forgot how to write action thrillers <laughs> because my brain was stuck in a different genre. Yeah. And I just got to thinking, I was like, well, what what do I do here? Like, how do I get my brain back to the the right spot? Because you know, you, you, it's just a different tone. Mm-hmm. But then I started to get worried because I was like, am I losing my voice? Because this is two different genres. And then I started to think about how do you maintain your voice between different genres? Mm-hmm. And let me take a step back. And to tell you what I did, which worked for me, is I started to read some action thrillers, uh, some scripts, and I was just pulling things up and I was rereading things. And I kind of watched a few scenes from some movies and I had to, of course, read what I've already written, but it, it took me about two days to like recalibrate my brain and get back into a whole other headspace. 
That's so interesting. Because it's kind of light. There's some jokes here and there. It's yeah. True lies-y, might, might I say. You know, so Ooh, it has yeah. those moments. But have Whereas you done this The Amblin' one is like far more kind of dramatic and a little bit scary and yeah. emotional, super emotional. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, super emotional. Yeah. Any other compliments? <laughs> It's a really, really great world build. <laughs> um, so I, I was wondering though, have you, do you, have you ever done that where you've switched genres? Like, do you have any tips and tricks to get your brain in the right spot to write your, your script? I write in a sort of panic. So I'm like, I, I almost through sheer force of will force myself to get into it. But yeah. I do think it's, it's taking breaks. I've never sort of watched and read things to get into that other headspace. That's a really great idea. Usually I will just take a long break. And if I come back to my computer, say after lunch, after I've taken my lunch break and I, it's not working for me, I will just take the rest of the day off probably yeah. and just do other things that are worky related, like read a thing or outline yeah. another thing that's vaguely, so uh, whatever the other thing is, it's not as hard on my brain. And then, and then I will start the next morning first thing with the new genre mm -hmm. because then my mind is the freshest and it's like it's like a it's like a baby being born every every morning right like mm -hmm. it's it's totally clean i could just go with it versus if i start the morning with fantasy and then try in the afternoon to work on you know a, a real world action thriller that's going to be harder than if i just start with the real world action thriller mm. and let me ask you this when you write maybe not with tomb raider because your your brain has been so immersed in tomb raider you think about it every every waking moment but if you're writing a feature or it, with tomb raider do you reread what you've already written like do you start the day off rereading your script to get in the flow i loved doing that at first and quickly found there was no time to do that yeah it takes a long time it sucks like i just had to revise something today and i would have loved to have reread everything and like really found the solution but you become very good at being like okay the note is on page 22 yep. all right i'm just gonna look at page 22 maybe i'll look at 21 but like i really just gotta hone in here on what the yeah. problem is rereading though is super helpful when i have more time to get into something because then then hopefully i'm like I'm diving into the world and my brain is just firing on all cylinders because I'm now in the story and it's exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so interesting. It took you two days. Do you what? What did you start with in terms of the pro? Like, did you start with watching other movies or did you start with reading your action script to try to get I into it? I, I started with reading. I was like, but part of it work. was I was like, wait, what am I revising? Like, where I forgot what I was doing with this script. Mm -hmm. Where was it? Because it was. And then that was a whole other thing. I, I couldn't figure out which draft I had left oh, off yeah. on. You, I thought of you because I was like, Tasha, if she saw me right now, you'd like <laughs> go full on panic attack of like <laughs> my organizational skills with this one particular file. Uh, so I, I just had to reread and then I just kept rereading it. And then I was like, and then it started to come back to me. And I was like, oh yeah, mm -hmm. I'm here again. Yeah. I guess I had to do that recently where I had to do revisions on a this show I have at Amazon and I hadn't looked at it in months. And then I had to go do notes. Like when you had to go do notes on something that are like yeah. you know, scene notes or dialogue notes, are like, I don't even know what the fuck they're saying in this yeah, entire yeah, yeah. episode. So I, yeah. yeah, you do have to reread and get back into the pace of it. Yeah. Which sucks because like when you tell someone, hey, I'm gonna revise this, it's gonna take me about a week. You sort of forget to include that time of like revving up your engines and getting mm -hmm. into it, which may take one to two days. 
So you should add that time onto how long you actually think it's going to take. It's so true because I start going into a panic because I'm like, I, I said I would get this done, you know, by Thursday, but it takes me Monday, Tuesday to like get back yeah. physically and mentally into the, the area I need to be into. Yeah. All right. Well, another good dovetail because the other thing oh. that I was working on this week was a show that I have at a studio and I got notes back that were a bit confusing uh -oh. and kind of caused everyone on the team to freak out because each of us were trying to interpret the notes and we all interpreted the notes differently. And what was interesting is I had a conversation with my manager this week and she was like, you know, after rereading the project and the notes and listening to what everyone has to say about this, I, th I think, you know, obviously what's weird is that everyone has different notes. And I think the reason why is that there is not a unified story through line driving the episode. Like all the scenes themselves are individually great. The characters are awesome. Story is engaging overall. But maybe the reason everyone has different notes about like, I got a note like, let's highlight the romance. No, let's highlight this relationship over here instead. No, let's make this obstacle bigger. And you're like, wait, I, I, those are all very drastically different notes that are going to drive the story in different ways. What's the real note behind the note? And maybe what they were all grasping at was that the main drive of the story episode is missing. So they're just grasping at straws to try and figure out what the thing is that interests them the most. Mm. And when that was said by my manager, it kind of all clicked for me. And again, this may be hard without actually having specifics. So I apologize. But like when you have a project where everyone has vastly different notes and you're so confused because you can't get a beat on what the hell they actually want out of your script, the real note behind the note might actually be that you haven't yet given them enough of a strong through line in your story that they feel like they know what this story is about. So that starts making them grasp at straws. Which... Wow. So it clicked for you. And by yeah. the way, your manager is so good at figuring this stuff out she's so good she's the best not that my manager's not just for the record <laughs> <laughs> but your manager <laughs> your manager sounds great i don't know like i feel like there are plenty of times josh where we've had scripts in writers group for instance where we're like oh yeah everyone has the same note we all have the same problem yeah and it's so clear what you need to do and obviously in that case you know we're all going to have slightly separate notes uh, sort of circling that but you you walk away being like cool i get what my problem is but when there's no consensus you really do have to look at your story again and i don't know if the solution is to just fix all these people's disparate problems i think it's to be like okay why are they having these yeah. completely different thoughts to begin with and try and find that note totally really you really hard. do have to figure out it's like putting that puzzle together to figure yeah. out what everyone's trying to say and how are these all connected it's like oh, a crime so scene terrible You'd feel like you could just talk to people and ask them, can you be more clear? But it almost never works. It only obfuscates it more. Yeah. Now I'm like upset. Notes suck. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know what to say <laughs> after that. I don't want to end this week in writing on that. <laughs> Please have another one. What's another one? I've got one more. Okay, good. All right. So we recently did something where we did a brainstorm session. Yeah. Oh, in our so writer's good. group. 
Mm-hmm. I came in basically, this was your idea. Like, we're going to do these brainstorm things. Someone come in with an idea, whatever. Wait, wait, wait. Can we, wait, we have to step back. We have to talk about what this is because I feel like it's revolutionary. <laughs> like, I do really too. Excited by I really, it. I, so I norm- glossed over a lot. <laughs> Normally we just do normal writers group, right? Where we like submit our, our work, you know, a couple days before we all read it. We, then we talk about it on our Wednesday night meeting. But this time I was like, eh, let's, let's interrupt that where instead every other week we do a brainstorm session where you can come in and you don't bring pages. Ideally, mm-hmm. if you have to, you have to, but ideally you just come in with like a log line or I'm going to pitch you what my act three is and I need help on it. It's just, it's like basically a writer's room with just your trusted writer's group and you can bring in anything. So this is our first session and it was really fun. And it was freaking amazing. Yeah. Um, I came in with an idea which i had i didn't really know much about it i was just kind of like i've been thinking about this for a while and then we started to spitball and you guys came up with so much great stuff that i was like oh my god this is it i'm still amped up to write it i was going to send the idea over to jay-z but what ended up happening today when i was thinking about uh because i was just writing up a little bit and i was trying to get a handle on it i ended up essentially treating it like i was pitching it to somebody because I was trying to fill in a bunch of blanks throughout the story. And I started it in my, you know, I was talking to nobody. So I probably mm-hmm. looked like a maniac. But I was, you know, like, we have this this man. And I started to just kind of explain who he was and then what happens in the story. And what was really weird is I was filling in these gaps, whether they were right or wrong, but they were giving me something just because I was forced to just kind of talk this through. It was mm. like a on-the-fly pitch. That's Which cool. I kind of love doing anyway, just yeah. because it puts me in a really frantic, make something up kind of uh, territory. Yeah. But that's what I did today with this idea. And I think it, it, it was very helpful. That's really cool. So you had sort of what we brainstormed. Did you write it down on cards or like in a document or anything? Like yeah, in beats? a document. And then uh, you just kind of pitched it and then you knew where there were gaps as you mm-hmm. pitched it or you knew before that there were gaps? Uh. The, well, like what we had talked about in our writers group, it was kind of like, all right, well, what would happen in the third act? And what's kind of like the second act look like? And I was just trying to figure out those kind of moments and actually more character uh, things where it was like, you know, this guy kind of gets caught up into something. And I was like, all right, well, who's this, this, you know, child he bonds with and who's this? And yeah, I was just trying mm-hmm. to figure all these things out that we talked about, but just kind of expand on. Didn't get specific on. Yeah, that's really interesting. It's interesting too that you did that because that makes me think of when, we're in the writer's room on Witcher and it's something I took to Tomb Raider um, where we put up the the note cards of what like our beats are in the episode and then you pitch it like everyone who write like if it's your episode Josh that week you'd put up the beats and mm-hmm. on the board and then you'd pitch it to all of us and th- through the process of pitching it's exactly what you're describing you you're pitching it to the whole room and so then it's like okay well there's like a weak spot there which i can kind of only tell when you're pitching it because you're yeah. not able to connect the beats in a in a coherent way verbally and it may yeah. look like it's coherent on cards on the board but when you pitch it it's a completely different experience and that's really cool that you do it by yourself at home i wish i did that <laughs> really i smart. wish i had someone to listen to me <laughs> hey you can call me next time and just do it to me <laughs> hey tasha so there's this guy you'd be like uh josh i have to go are you kidding i would love that if that if you just called me with that <laughs> so here's the story yeah so that's what i did it was great that's awesome i, I hope that. i can i figure this out because one way or another i'm writing this script it's really cool 
All right, that's it. That's this week in writing. I think I think this is a good week in writing for us. I think this was amazing. It's really educational. All right, quote of the day. Experts win by getting us to be dependent on their view of the world. They win when they get to frame the discussion, when they get to tell you there's a right way and a wrong way to think about the game, whatever the game is, because that makes you dependent on them. If they have the secret rules, then you need them if you want to get ahead. The truth is, you don't. If you love and want to make movies about issues of social import, get your hands on Patty Chayefsky's screenplay for Network. Read it, watch the movie, then read it again. If you love and want to make big blockbusters that also have great artistic merit, do the same thing with Lawrence Kasdan's Raiders of the Lost Ark screenplay and the movie made from it. Brian Copeland. That's great. I figured you'd like it. We should get Brian on the podcast. I love it. It's a very anti-establishment. Yeah, no, I freaking love everything that he just said there. I got excited. All right, please remember to rate and subscribe. Follow us at Act2Writers for more awesome writing stuff. You can follow me, Tasha, at Story Thursday on Instagram or on Twitter at Tasha3.0. And I'm on Twitter as Joshua Hallman. Instagram, Josh Hallman. And as always, the Act 2 podcast is a production of Act 2, a network and support group for the everyday working screenwriter. This episode was edited by Paul Lundquist. Music by 414Beg, which you can find on Spotify. I really try to do that like the Micro Machines guy. That was great. Mm-hmm.